Hi, everyone. We are fortunate to have a new friend with us today for the Intake Podcast, Deshaun Brown, who is the Vice President of Client Strategy and Success at the One and All Agency. And Deshaun, that's quite a title. That's quite a brand promise, Client Strategy and Success. How do you feel about that title? I love that title. That title is me. That title uh, probably reached me before it actually reached me, meaning it's one of those things that's a part of my being. So when one and all was looking for a VP of client strategy and success, I guess the universe said, there's someone out there who fundamentally believes in that and you should go find him or you should find each other. Um, for me, that connection with one and all is about the people, the purpose, and the promise. So to your point, yes, like let's state that intention out there. And you know, we're very ambitious folks. So I am fine that it is very um, ambitious, so to speak. And that's what we're here for. I, I love it. I love that um, you want your clients and you want prospective clients to know that success is paramount to the work that you're doing with them. So I, I know you've spent several years in the branding space, and I really am interested in finding out, and I know everybody gets asked this question, but it, I think it says so much about who you are and what you value. What are your all-time favorite brands? Who are they and why? So this is interesting. Um, and I was thinking about this before we spoke this morning. I don't know why it came to mind, um, but I'm gonna say Apple. And I, it's interesting because I, outside of my MacBook, I, I don't have an iPhone, I didn't have an iPod. So I'm, I'm not within their ecosystem the way everyone else in my life is who's got Apple everything. But I respect and get the genesis of the Apple brand, which started with a vision and it's kind of was pulled through by articulating that vision in a clear and compelling way. I think it all starts there. And every time I see an Apple product, I, you know, when I'm using my MacBook, if I'm in an Apple store, I feel and get and see the experience. And I always have that head now like, hmm, like I, I, I see what you all are doing. And and like I said, my friends and family, like everyone else, I'm the one Samsung guy, everyone else is <laughs> using Apple products, but they love it. And it's, bec it's become a part of their every day. And for me as a marketer on the outside, I see the ecosystem that Apple is consistently putting them within and nurturing that on an ongoing basis. So that would, they, they always come top of mind. I have a bunch of friends in the entrepreneur and tech space. They all have posters of Steve Jobs, maybe the wallpaper on their laptop is Steve Jobs. At some point, maybe they're you know, investing in NFTs of Steve Jobs. <laughs> but when you ask them about why, like why him? Um, some of them are not necessarily clear on the why, but I think I get it. Like I said, it, it is someone who's able to, in a compelling way, show vision, 
Um, I think it's great to have an idea, but an idea only goes so far as you can communicate it in a clear and compelling way. And that's him, that's someone who has that gravitas. And I can only imagine the work internally that he did himself to get there, but also working with his stakeholders there at the company. You know, we've all read the books and seen the movies and the documentaries. It is a labor of love, but when you see it, it is super impactful. Um, another one that comes to mind, a former client, Johnson & Johnson, and to me, kind of aligning with the social good space, uh, a company through and through, top and bottom, that believes the mission. And a part of my work with them previously was working within their talent acquisition and recruiting marketing. And as they are screening candidates, there's this self-selection that happens where we only want people who care about changing and impacting the world. And the candidates, so like we only want to work for a company that is about changing the world for the better. And when you see that literally love connection happen, it's amazing. Because for me, it's, you know, is everyone here about products and services and revenue and top line growth? No, some folks are really out there authentically living up to it or trying to live up to it. That's all you can do. Authentically try to live up to whatever your core vision and mission is every single day. And I thought they do an amazing job at that. Those are great examples. And I definitely agree with you. Um, I do live in the Apple ecosystem and it is <laughs> well nurtured. And I, I appreciate the simplicity of the aesthetic and appreciate the ease of which um, I'm able to navigate through my work. Um, and like any good brand, there's an emotional connection to that product and um, that's brand loyalty. Something else you said that I thought was really important and critical and it, it makes so much sense for the animal welfare sector is that you are helping raise awareness and uh, strengthen brand equity in your animal welfare clients. And for those of us who have worked in the animal welfare space for a long time, it isn't about products or services. It's about that human animal bond. It's about um, Re reuniting lost pets with their families. It's about creating new families with an adopted pet. And it's such a rich and uh, compelling brand story. And I'm just curious, um, now that you've been with One and All for a while and you're working in this space, how have you sort of brought your former years of experience to the table in having this new narrative in animal welfare for yourself? For, for me, I, I've shared a bunch of tricks of the trade, you know, trade craft uh, methodologies. Uh, but what I remind folks often, and I, I, I saw this when I was recruited to one and all, I've seen it in my first few months here, is it is hard to replace the organic authenticity of the purpose. Um, some folks in the commercial space, you're fundamentally, we're trying to sell A to B, C, and D. And you try to maybe reverse engineer 
something that does feel altruistically good and, and, a, and that positive and something that is a greater good to communities. That always, doesn't always happen in a consumer space. It's, I'm a consumer, I need a phone, give me a phone. And if you wanna wrap that within this amazing experience, yes. Here, we don't have to fake that. We don't have, we don't even have to create it. We just have to fully understand each organization that we work with, their specific communities and the needs of those communities and the animals within those communities. That, that takes a lot of the work out of the way that one, fundamentally, organically, this is about good and positive. We don't have to manufacture this sense of being a part of a community and giving, which does happen in the consumer space. It's you're, you're in labs and think tanks trying to figure out how do we generate this thing that doesn't exist here? It exists. How do we authentically tap into it? So that is, they say half the battle, but half the battle's already been won. So now we can get to the actual strategy planning and engagement. Um, for, for me, it's it's my why. It's why it's part of the reason why I came here and wanted to work in social good, to just immerse and live in a space that is organically, organically, authentically about social good, about community, and about bond and about giving and sharing. I love that. You have clients who have wonderful missions and they've been doing it for a long time. And, you know, the animal welfare movement really emerged in the United States in the late 1800s. And, you know, some clients that you have were founded in the 1800s. And um, I'm curious, how do you develop a really solid understanding of an established brand you're in you're in these communities there's longevity of this brand and there's brand equity how do you take your client to that next space of um, engagement for me it's it, it starts with why it starts with as we're having a conversation here having conversations with them understanding or creating that space where we can actively talk about the why. When you are working, sometimes you, you lose that because working is about, the now is about the, the how and the what we're doing. And if you've been an established organization or program for, again, not just decades, but hundreds of years, uh, it is about the work and it is about the services. And how many times do we take a step back and say, what's our why? And we know it's there and we know we're connected to it, but how often do we ask ourselves that? So just simply asking that question forces us to all restart and reevaluate, not just the how and what, but how does it ladder up to that why? How is that why evolved over time? So it's interesting talking to clients who may have been founded in 1891, do we understand what the why was at the time and how has that evolved with the times? We understand there's always this foundation of giving and communities animal welfare, but specifically every organization is a bit different and how it engages within every community is a bit different. So getting back to that why and having conversations to take people out of the tactical execution of the day and back to the genesis, back to what are your core pillars, back to what are your core strategies, allows, at least I would say specifically for me, to gain that understanding of 
where we've been and really the space of where we're going. There's really no now. And I, I know we could have a whole conversation about science and the concept of space time, but there really isn't a now because we're always evolving. So for me, being able to engage with clients, it is that opportunity for me, but also for them to take a pause and get back to top level where are we going? What is our strategy? What is our why? And the what and the how that we have planned, is that all aligned to where we, we need to go? Um, that's always, to me, probably the most fascinating part of the process, the research and discovery. We never assume that we know exactly where clients should go until we talk to them. They know. It's how do we tap into that? How, we, how do we help enable them to tap into internally being connected to the purpose, the strategy, and then forming a plan going forward. So I'm curious, have you ever um, had negative feedback from a client and how have you dealt with it? You know, a lot of times, and I'll just share my own experience. I remember going to lunch a few years ago with a major donor, a couple major donors, and um, I, of course, have a background in marketing communications and really value direct marketing. And this donor outlaid to me over lunch how they found our direct marketing materials uh, unappealing. And he went as far as to say, your direct mail is ugly. I get it in the mail and it's ugly. And I don't feel that it's reflective of what, you know, the brand that we're trying to portray. And that was an interesting turning point for me in my perception of fundraising and uh, brand alignment. And so I got through that meeting. I, I wish I could remember my response to him at the time, but I, I would love to hear you sort of talk to that point. You know, when clients don't like the brand, but you've tested it and you know that it's responsive and you know that it's um, performing. How do, you, how do you navigate that with your clients? So to go back to why, um, the why, and we have to have a conversation about the why and the why uh, I'm going to try to get us to drill down to actionable items, right? So I've had, well, we don't like the creative. There's a lot there. So specific. So specifically, what do we not like? Um, is it imagery? Is it messaging? Is it composition? Um, for us, you know, we are a performance agency, so we have to get to the specifics that are going to allow us to pivot if we need to pivot. It also allows us to understand how we can respond to whatever you may not like about this, if it is performing well, we want to be able to articulate that in a very detailed manner. So we have to get to the details. And I find that there's equity built through having a detailed conversation is you do have the opportunity to defend your position on why you chose a specific creative, why you chose specific placement, to have a conversation about the results for us, it's not necessarily the job we would love if clients loved everything that we did. It's just not the case. But let's have an informed conversation about when we potentially hit miss the mark and 
I've, I've just always found that that's worked well. And I'm not always one who's able to get the client to, oh, we had a conversation and we spoke in more detail about why we chose this specific creative, why the specific placement, it is, it tested well, it's performing well. So we get it, even though we don't like it, like we get it. Sometimes you don't land there. Sometimes it's like, no, still, we get all of that that you just said, we still don't like this. Let's have a conversation about that. It is a, a it's a two-way relationship. And for me, all client engagements that feel like a relationship, you find a way to work. You don't always quote unquote win, meaning we get alignment on everything that we do, um, but you just work together. And for me, if it's they may not like the current placement or the current creative, the next time it comes, we've already talked about the process. So there's a bit of trust that's built in saying, okay, I understand all the inputs and the consideration that's gone into this specific campaign. And if I don't like that, I'm going to strategically think about why I don't like that. So when we do come together to talk about it, we're having a meaningful conversation. Um, all of our relationships are two-way. We are the subject matter experts, but yes, like we, we seek alignment. And when there's some sort of discrepancy, disconnection, we, we have to have a conversation. The other part with that, I would think is the relationship building leading up to that. You want to have a relationship where folks are gonna be candid with you. I don't want you to like it just because we like it or I like it or it tests well, right? Um, so for me, building a great relationship, you, if that client say, hey, can we talk? Because we just wanna say, <laughs> How, how we feel. Uh, we need to know whatever your objections are and let's have, let's create the open space to talk about those things. If our relationship is transparent and it has been built on trust, those conversations can go well. They're transparent, they're informed. And again, we get to actionable items, but we always listen. It is not my policy to say, eh, no, no, it is what it is. You gotta like it. That's that's not my space. That's not our space. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where design actually overruled data? No. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't overrule. Um, because I will say this, I have had the pleasure of working with fantastic creatives who get it. So I've been in those creative labs where yeah, our, our artists are defending their work. I, I love that. Yes, defend what you do. Like that, that's why we brought you here. Um, it's not about you. And it's about the team. And everything that we do here at One and All is driven on data and insights. So it's like a dance. It's a relationship. It's not just about the person who's leading. It's also about the person who's following. It's about the song and the rhythm and the cadence. So sometimes we have to remind ourselves of that that sure, it also isn't just about the data and insight. Sometimes it is about the goals and objectives. It isn't about the creative, it is about the client input. So we have to be open-minded. And for me, my job here is to remind our teams to bring that open-mindedness and, and transparency and collaboration to all of our kind of collaborative meetings. Um, but yes, like I've, I've had the pleasure of working with a very passionate creative to oh like this this is the one this is the one that we have to run with and it's like mm. so let's talk about what the tests say or let's talk about what the the brief says and again when you're working with professional mature talented people like they they get it 
and they're willing to be informed. Um, I, I think working in a professional space, you want guidelines because you realize you simply don't have the time and resources to just simply ideate and create endlessly. You do want to be guided. To your point, the challenge is once we've gone down that route and we are very locked in mind, heart, and soul to a specific piece, and then someone says, oh. <laughs> we may have to go in a different direction. That's where we come in for the client strategy and success team to remember to remind folks that this is a team, both not just agency and client, but also the supporters themselves. And let's take everything into consideration and work together to deliver the best product. Um, so I've had some very passionate, fiery, um, we call them creative beef sessions. But at the end of the day, we, we figure it out and we, we make it work. But I do think it is somewhat of a iron sharp, sharpens iron. And sometimes when you do have to defend or articulate a position, it better informs the team. So we're able to go back to say, oh, now that you've defended your position, maybe we can make certain adjustments to where it more aligns with data and insights, but we're totally not scrapping a specific creative piece for a campaign. When I was working in fundraising specifically, and I would hear from folks that we should not send direct mail to major donors. So major donors were within our family at a certain level of giving. Mm -hmm. And so some people believe philosophically that you should not send your major donors um, your direct mail appeals. Other people feel that you should send your major donors uh, direct mail appeals because that is another touch point. It's a way of continued engagement. Right. And um, it, it, should, it does not damage the relationship between that major donor and the organization. So I'm just curious philosophically, yeah. where do you stand on this? Yeah, I, I would love to confer with our giving sciences team to see if they've done any surveys in this regard. But me personally, my philosophy is, I think anything can work. I, to me, it's not necessarily about the channel and the touch point is what experience and content are you delivering? It's all about, to me, the delivery. And I, I do see the kind of crossing over of, of different levels of supporters and say, well, you know, someone giving at a certain level is expecting a very different experience. And yes, like that's, I think, totally understandable. But I also find it hard to believe if we are crafting something that is relevant to that supporter, that is meaningful, that does further include them into this community and this space of giving, uh, why not? I'm a part of certain associations and they're very good. I talked about the Apple experience, like they're very good. And I'm thinking, okay, this is not a part of the program that I am involved in, but it further reinforces why I am associated with you because I am, again, digesting and engaging with a specific story, a specific event. So for me, 
positive reinforcement and strengthening as much as we can, as long as we're not overburdening supporters, I think can only be a good thing. We talked about earlier, you know, what is the data and insight support? So we, yes, we may have done certain surveys and it does show that, you know, the responsiveness of those are not um, matching other touch points. And I, I think that's totally okay. But I would always start with, you know, how meaningful is the content and the experience that we're delivering? And I do think there's always an opportunity to strengthen relationships. And again, personally, it's it it is totally worked for me. And I'm someone who's very segmented in wanting to optimize my intake in terms of folks communicating with me through direct mail. Like, oh no, like that's really interesting. And I let me save that because again, it was a well-crafted, timely piece. If you had one bit of advice that every animal welfare organization that's looking to build brand equity, raise more money so that they can touch more lives with their programs in an impactful and positive way. What, in your opinion, is the most critical uh, marketing advice that you would give to animal welfare professionals? To, on a consistent basis, get your stakeholders together across teams and departments and make sure you are aligned, alignment, aligned on strategy, aligned on objectives. Um, we understand like there's only so many hours in a day to bring folks together, but whether that's monthly, quarterly, biannually, it matters to keep people online. It matters to keep the top line strategy goals and objectives in view to understand and reinforce what we're doing and how we're doing it, but uh, most importantly, why we're doing it. I would also say continue to be flexible and drive towards defining what innovation means to you. What does the future mean to you? Um, here, we are helping clients along with that, defining innovation. To me, it's it's like someone asking me or telling me, hey, I wanna be more fashionable. Okay, that means a lot of potentially different things. So we have to define what does that mean for you in conjunction with it means to your community and your supporters. But those are things that you have to do that self-assessment and do it as a team. Uh, break down the silos, have conversations. Uh, for us, we love to be part of those conversations as, as well, to be brought into just making sure that everyone's aligned on where we're going. And it gives you the opportunity to optimize and double or triple down on specific programs or campaigns, or it also gives you the space to understand, you know what, now's the good time to try new creative things. If you don't create that space where you're getting together and talking about these, those opportunities get missed. And the next thing you know, you're already planning for the next fiscal without having the opportunity to get everyone in a room or on a call, <laughs> a virtual call, to just do that assessment. Um, reminds me, my, my sister works in healthcare. She's like, when was the last time you gone to the doctor? 
it's like mm, yeah it's like yeah go go frequently you do self-assessment like how can you grow if you're not constantly assessing who you are and where you are but what makes you different what is different about one and all than that's our direct mail company we don't see ourselves as singular to one channel or campaign type we are curious folks who are multi-channel multi-touch point uh, we are here invested in exploring whatever opportunity works best for our clients to fundraise um, so I, I understand that and it's you develop a certain reputation and experience and that becomes who you are uh, but we don't wake up every day thinking specifically about direct mail and our direct mail experience. Uh, it is a channel that we have developed and continue to develop and thrive in. Even being kind of a multi-channel agency, uh, we don't simply discard direct mail. It's we're, all, we're constantly thinking about how can we be new, better, different within direct mail, but also how can we be new, better, different and connected TV and digital content and mobile applications. So we're, we're just, we're agnostic, we're, we're so open and we have daily conversations about the opportunities that are out there to help our clients grow and meet their goals. We really, to the point earlier about kind of this title, client strategy and success, that was intentional to lead with strategy. And it just does not live within my sector. It's everyone here. Everyone has to have their strategic cap on from the moment you roll out of bed and log in to the moment that you log off at night. It's constantly assessing where are we and where we're potentially going and bringing that through every touch point within the agency from ideation to data and insights to our actual strategists who do exist to creative and the service teams. Um, it, it's, it's within the fabric of everything that we do. I've been a part of organizations where that was a stated intent, but not necessarily the daily practice here it is the daily practice from top to bottom. Um, it's welcome. It's welcoming to me, and I do see that on the client side. And we are just investing in more strategic personnel again. To yeah, how can we step up and evolve our game within direct mail? But again, what are the other channels in terms of digital that we can unlock? And what else is out there? and let's explore the else and how we could bring that to this space. Well, congratulations on your new role with One and All. It was so good to get to know you a little bit more. Uh, thank you. So uh, a thank you, uh, one to the One and All folks who are not just dedicated to the work as marketers, but also dedicated to social good and giving and singularly devoted to animal welfare. Like it, it matters to people. And I think sometimes, well, most of the time I meet people and they're passionate about their work, but kind of the totality of what this means to me, we, and the greater world 
it does matter. And I am inspired by the folks on our teams. And thank you and the organization and just the animal welfare community. I, I think specific to your organization, providing a community within a community, um, we're finding out in this world that community just, it, it really does matter. And having a resource center, having the ability to, to share um, really does create the space for all of us to become better, to grow, to give, and to share. So thank you so much for that. I've learned a lot being new to this space, re listening to podcasts, reading articles. Um, a lot of folks do that, and I don't often see the true utility in it. I, I No, it's it's definitely there. So to that, I would say thank you. And yes, like I, I look forward to more conversations about strategy and success. Let's do it. All right. Well, we will be in touch. In the meantime, keep doing all the great work that you're doing and tell everyone at One at All how much we appreciate their support of the association and our work. 